The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph Podcast. I'm Mike Stevens. Sitting virtually across from me is the one and only Rachel Dory. Rachel, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? You, uh, Mike is wearing like the brightest orange hoodie I've ever seen. It is the Eric Lindros Celebrity Hockey Classic uh, to benefit Easter Seals. I I played in it and raised money in it and participated in everything on Friday. We're recording this on Sunday. Played three hockey games in one day. My body is 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 not cooperating right now, but. We move on. Um, I'm excited to talk hockey with you. Like, how long has it been since we've actually been able to, like, really talk hockey? Uh, too long. <laughs> like, almost a year now? Like, we'll, like we'll, we'll, we'll send each other texts and call each other and talk about hockey and stuff. But, like, in terms of an actual, like, sit down for, like, 45 minutes to an hour, talk about hockey. It's been too long. It's been yeah, way like, too long. Our text messages with my, my, my texts with Mike consist of, look at this goal. Like, and we be, and... And, like, just, like, a like emoji, because, like, I couldn't say anything for the longest time, but it was just, like, look at how cool this is. Or me texting Mikey being, like, really good job on the podcast. Like, that's basically been the extent. And then us just, like, absolutely dunking on random things in our text thread. It's just been a lot of fun. (laughs) It's been an absolute blast. But now we're back. I mean, like, look, I'm... I'm going to be honest. I never... I did not think we'd be back in a situation where we could do a podcast together. It's a shame that it happened in the scenario that it did, um, and we will get into that in a sec, but I could not be happier uh, to have Rachel back on the podcast, back, you know, uh, you know, on the other side of the mic, uh, where, you know, look, she belongs in the front office, but in my heart, this is where she belongs. Um, so this is great. Why don't we just, uh, look, you, you know how much you're allowed to talk about here. I'm just going to tee you up, Rachel. Uh, w- you're back on the podcast for, for a reason. Um, why don't you get into that? Uh, yeah, so obviously I'm not with the Canucks anymore. That's not a secret. Thank you to whoever decided that making that public was a good idea. Um, obviously, I can't say anything. It's public knowledge. I've retained Peter Gull as my attorney. So I, I'm really confident uh, with him. He's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, I can't say anything right now. When I can say something or when the parties can say something, it will be said. It's a legal proceeding and there's not a lot you can say during a legal proceeding. To everyone that's kind of like reached out or said that they've like, they're apprehensive about reaching out because they know that I was, I'm getting inundated. Like, I really do appreciate the support. Um, obviously, moving across the country uh, when you've got the family stuff that I do going on um, only to move back. Uh, not that long later. Uh, very stressful. 10 out of 10 don't recommend moving across the country for about a month and a half, but um, it is what it is. And I got to say, it's pretty awesome to be able to have dinner every night with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I would say due to the circumstances, uh, you know, you probably wouldn't move across the country for, for an employment opportunity um, and then and then put yourself through moving back if it was 
I don't know, if, if, if it was conducive to you and your health. Yeah, and I mean, I, it's not a secret. Those that are very close to me know that I've had some health issues of late, um, and they've not been fun. Uh, but I'm on the mend now, and I'm, I'm feeling a lot healthier than I was about a month ago. So uh, that's pretty good. I know Mikey was pretty worried about me because he happened he happened to be talking to me the night that uh, I had some pretty serious health issues. So um, thank Mike for his support. And there's also one thing I would like to say, and it's we'll get back into this in a second. But um, I wasn't able to do it like while I was kind of behind the curtain. But I just wanted everybody to know that you have my full support for what you're going through with your health issues. And anybody that wants to chirp you for putting on weight or whatever because you're battling a tumor can absolutely go and pound salt. Well, here's the thing is that, like, A, you know, it's, it's, it's fading away now, which is good, you know? We, uh, back down we love that. To normal size, you know, uh, and, and, which is great. And, uh, it, yeah, let's get, let's get into some hockey talk, shall we? Um, and, uh, you know, like, well, and by hockey talk, I mean, let's talk, talk about the World Cup in soccer. You want to talk about that? Yeah, so uh, we're recording this early Sunday morning. Um, the World Cup's happening. And uh, for those of you who have been around long enough know that uh, I am quite interested in that. Um, and Canada's in it, which is super fun. Um, but I actually, I mean, as much as... Like, I've got personal friends on the team, whether it's, like, Richie or Mark Anthony, Tejan. Like, I'm really happy that Canada's there. I think it's fantastic for the sport. And just to see, like, the excitement in Canada about the World Cup, uh, it's been fantastic. Uh, but I got to say, I mean, I'm pretty excited uh, for the Germans. Um, you got some personal relationships there, too. And um, for me, it'll be really nice to uh, to just be able to kind of enjoy the sport that I love. And um, I got to be honest with you, Mike, the more I think about it, um, the more I don't want to work in hockey anymore because I mean, I've realized, yeah, yeah. Like all, all the people saying, Oh, she's never going to get a job in hockey again. Um, here's a newsflash for you. I do not want one. Yeah. Also like that's wrong. Like you could, if you <laughs> wanted to, um, but also like, why? Why would you? Um, I could work in soccer, man. Look how much fun this is. I said. Like, I've said many times before that the only things I know about soccer come from Rachel and Ted Lasso, um, and <laughs> I'm just excited to like. You know, I'm I'm obviously going to be cheering on Canada because I am a Canadian. Um, but you know, like you you you're of German descent. Uh, you have a lot of ties to the German national team. Like they will be in my heart, obviously. Um, yeah. So. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I will also take this opportunity to say that that World Cup should absolutely not be in Qatar. Yeah, so what was funny is, is <laughs> Seth Blatter talking about how maybe it was a bad idea to put it in. Like, no, no kidding, really. Um, it would honestly, for, for the people who don't really understand, it would be like if the NFL said, we're going to host the Super Bowl in Lake Ontario. It makes no sense. Like the reason, but also then have like a bunch of like human rights violations on top of that. Yes. So like the fact that like the ambassadors are basically like on on record saying that like they view gay people or, or you know people who are gay the the sexual orientation of of someone who identifies as gay as uh, uh, being online with like bestiality that's pretty bad. 
Um, and then on top of that, too, uh, the reason why it's happening in November is because it's like 53 <clears throat> degrees Celsius in the summer in Qatar. So playing a game in the middle of the summer when it usually would be set um, would kill people. <laughs> like It is literally dangerous. <laughs> like, I don't... Obviously, there's so much like corruption and stuff going behind it. Like when you have to jump through the logistical hurdles to to hold an event like this, uh, where you have to like reschedule it. Like it's in it's in the middle of everyone's seasons. People are getting injured left, right, and center. Like two days before the World Cup. Like with it, it, like Alfonso Davies almost went yeah. down. You know, or he looked like he did go down. It looked like he yeah. might be. You know, like that's it. Like it's like Connor McDavid's gonna miss the the Olympics. You know, like it's it's terrible. So. I'm, look, it's 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 one of those situations where it's going to be really tough to just sort of like, as they say, separate the art from the artist. Just like watch the sport, enjoy. Because like as much like as much as I I, I want to support Rachel's passions, like I could give less of a crap about soccer. Like you know that yeah. you know like Rachel like I care about as much about soccer as Rachel cares about like Star Wars. You know like it's it it's or or Mike's NHL video games. Yeah, or or Mike's or yeah you know like or any of the nerdy <laughs> that Mike goes through. Um, and so, uh, like, but at the same time, like, I love the World Cup. Like, I love watching it. Like, it's the one soccer event because it's best on best. It's like a legendary, it's a legendary event. You know, like, this is best and, on best. What a concept. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and, and, you know, we could get into that, too. And, and also, like, it's just like the World Cup. There's like this prestige to it, you know, and it sucks that it's being it's being diminished by all this corruption. But there's this it's the World Cup, man. Like, like freaking. It's Italy yeah, wins like it's, and Woodbridge shuts down for a month, you know, like it's 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 cool, <laughs> man. So I, I love it um, and, and hopefully we'll be able to actually enjoy it. Uh, and, you know, like if anything, you know, if we're going to if we're going to put on our progressive hats for a second and and hopefully get some brownie points there, they're female refs this time. That's cool. Yeah. And I, I quality is solved, that... Rachel. It's solved. The wage hey, gap has disappeared. Do you solved. feel good now that you're you're an, you're an equal footing to men now? This is crazy. Oh, it's fantastic! This it's is amazing. Crazy. I mean, like, I think we'll see like some players take a stand. Like, I know the Germans have been like Manuel Neuer wore a um, Pride armband when he, when the Germans played Hungary at the Euro because Victor Orban was like jailing people of the LGBTQ plus community, and Manuel Neuer was like, "Yeah, we're not gonna stand for that." And then when Lan Goretzka scored, he like literally yelled "Love is love" at them, and I was dying. Yeah, you, you texted but me about that right after too, and I, you know, that was fun. We we love that, but yeah, like I think honestly, uh, it's been almost two months, uh, but I've kind of been involved in the soccer scene as it pertains to the World Cup for uh, longer than that, and I'm looking forward to that continuing. Um, it's just uh it's one of those things where for me like it just is a whole lot of, there is nothing that i love more including hockey than uh watching the germans play like or bayern like that's just for me like everyone's like oh hockey this hockey that i mean there's a reason i haven't worked in soccer up until now in an official capacity and it's because I don't want to see how the sausage is made. I've already had one sport ruined for me. I don't need a second one. Look, we used to, like, specifically craft our, our schedule around the Bayern games. <laughs> we did. 
because I knew that if we were if we were recording while Byron is while Byron is playing, like Rachel wouldn't wouldn't be focused. Like she just wouldn't pay. She wouldn't give a shit that I'm sitting right across from her. You know. So it was. So that 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 just goes to show. Um, speaking of best on best, uh, so the NHLPA yesterday uh, in the NHL they came out a joint statement that said um, that they were initially planning to hold the World Cup of Hockey, which is the bastardized, uh, you know. Like Olympics. Olympics sort of stand in because no one can get along apparently and, and realize what's best for the sport. Um, and, and they were going to hold the World Cup of Hockey in February 2024. That is now off the table. Um, they said due to the current climate and they're hoping to um, have it scheduled for February 2025. Now, the reason for this, Rachel, I'm not sure if you've known this. I'm not sure if you've been paying attention to our global climate, um, you know, in, inside uh, uh, when you work in hockey and being a big wig, um, is that. Russia's kind of acting a little crazy right now. And so clearly what the NHL is saying is they're hoping that Russia chills the heck out uh, by 2025, um, which is about like, you know, it's like two and a half years or so. Um, and, and hopefully we can we can have that happen. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I love that they were like our current climate due to current climate. Just say it. I'm so sick and tired of people like dancing around stuff like that just say we can't do it because there's a war <laughs> one of the major countries that would be involved uh is currently invading another country yeah which by the way don't do that yeah you know what you can quote us on that <laughs> yeah don't <laughs> invade other countries war is bad and you can quote me on that um uh so it yeah look. so just say it like just say we can't have it because whether the nhl or the nhlpa something tells me it's both uh wants russia involved okay then that's fine you either come out and say we want Russia involved and we're going to go ahead and do it anyways, or we can't have it or we're not having it because we can't have Russia. And like, but to just say the current climate, like, no, we're not that dumb. It's like, oh man, stop treating fans like they're stupid, whether you're the Boston Bruins or the NHL or just like, there's just so many instances, like just stop treating fans like they don't know. We know, we know. Yeah, it, it's it, every, everyone knows, and it, it, what sucks too is that look like like even if this is the Olympics, it wouldn't be solved. You know, like Russia's like probably won't participate. Like it's you know there's there's all these things that are going on. Um, but so so it, like it's not necessarily you can't put the blame on on the NHL as much as you know they usually do uh, that this is not happening. But it is like it's an absolute travesty, and this was pointed out by uh, like by producer Drew of STPN fame and formerly Sportsnet fame, um, and he's like the biggest homer for the ABS I've I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but he was correct in this opinion. Um, I love you, Drew. Uh, is that like it, like Nathan? It will be Nathan McKinnon will be in his twelfth NHL season, possibly. Um, by the time he plays in a be- plays for Canada in a best on best tournament, that's 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 a, that's a travesty. Nathan McKinnon is one of the the three or four best players in the NHL. He should be a staple of Canadian. He is a staple of Canadian hockey, but he should be in an official capacity a staple of Canadian hockey. And he has not played in a best on best tournament representing his country. Like, like it will, he will be in his twelfth season. He will likely like as much as Nathan McKinnon is great. He might be out of his prime by then. Like this is this is ridiculous. It's not fair. Connor McDavid hasn't represented uh, Canada at the Olympics, you know? The last time he represented them in a best-on-best best tournament was the World Juniors when he was, like, 16. You know? Like, it's... This is insane. This is not... This is this is yeah. not how you grow the sport, man. This... Ugh. 
Anyway, speaking of growing the sport, though, Rachel and I, you were both in the building. Uh, you and I were both in the building last night um, for Leafs and Canucks. You know, uh, you as a fan, he's a press member. Um, and yeah, I was there just to be clear as a private citizen. Yeah, as a, you know, like, you were. Yeah, exactly. And so I was drinking cider and eating peanut M&Ms. And also, I don't know who was in charge of this, but why did I appear on the Jumbotron for like multiple? It was occasions? so it was so funny. It was just because like Ailish Forfar and Scotty Willits, they do their sort of pregame sort of like, like their pregame thing right before the game. They're the in arena hosts and. They set up, like, literally right in front of Rachel. Like, she's just kind of peering <laughs> out behind them. I have a picture of it. It's great. Um, but uh, another touching tribute that happened last night was uh, uh, with Boris Salming. Um, you know, he, unfortunately, you know, he, he's been battling ML, or not MLS, ALS. And he, it's been, you know, it, ALS is one of the most just, like, her- horrific diseases out there. It robs a person of their ability to function, really, to control their own body. It traps you inside your own body. Um, Boris Salming is, is also like, like it, it, it comes, it doesn't matter who you, it, it, does, it doesn't pick and choose who it affects. Like this is a disease that like Boris Salming is one of the most, like, even now, like he's one of the most in shape people in the world. He was an underwear model, you know, like for his own underwear. When he was brand. like 60. When he was like 60. <laughs> yeah. Like this man is like, he, he is the peak of physicality. And yet, you know, he's, it, it's, it's, you know, he, he can't even speak at this point, but he goes out, and the night before uh, at the Hall of Fame game, and he is a Hall of Famer, um, he, you know, they, like Daryl Sittler was able to raise his hand so he could wave to the crowd. Tonight, or last night, uh, Boris Salming was able to raise his own hand and wave, which was, I mean, look, there was, a, there was, a, there, there was barely a dry eye in the place. Um, and it's important just to touch on briefly just how important this guy is. Like, he, he came over... He was the only, like, he was, like, the only Swedish player, you know, in the NHL for a while. Uh, he, he really paved the way. Like, the Leafs started an entire Swedish um, starting lineup uh, uh, last night. To, yeah, to that was such a nice so tribute cool. by Sheldon Keefe. And he explained it, and Keefe was like, look, I was really touched by the tribute before. And also, like, there's a good chance that none of these guys would be here were it not for, the, you know, the risk and, and, and Boris Salming paving the way that he did. So we wanted to honor him in that way. Um, which is, it, it's just remarkable uh, that this guy is able to do it. He considers Toronto his second home. Um, what a legend. It's so, I'm so glad he's in the Hall of Fame. And this is a guy, like, he was, it's funny, because in the tribute, they were talking about him. He's like, in, in Sweden, I was considered a fighter. Like, I was considered almost like a goon, really. I was really good. I see <laughs> a goon. Yeah, and then he's like, and then I come over to, to the NHL, and, like, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a pussycat uh, compared to them. Like, this is ridiculous. That's what he said. He yeah, literally dude, said that. Like straight up quote. And to be fair, I thought he was, I thought the quote was going to be, I was a goon in, in Sweden, but then I came over here, and I was a, and I'm like, whoa, boy. But no, he, he ended up doing that. Um, but, like, there's this is a guy who got absolutely jumped by the Philadelphia Flyers that one game where he had like 72 oh stitches God. in his face and yet what what was cool, so cool is that like Dave the Hammer Schultz who by his by his nickname you should know is like one of the toughest SOBs ever played in the NHL who was he was yeah he was the leader of the Broad Street Bullies I think we could probably just leave it at he that he like defined he he's a big he's one of the defining pillars of toughness in the NHL and he was like the reason why we went after him is because he was so gosh darn good. And he and he kept coming back. No matter how much we beat him up, he kept coming back, being one of the best players in the league. Like he is, and I don't. This is not even a hot take. He is the greatest Leafs defenseman of all time, and it is not close. The Leafs have been around for a hundred years. Borja Sal- like over that. Borja Salming is a defenseman. Keep in mind, and he still has the franchise record for assists. That is so 
wild. That's ridiculous. I mean, like, I think if Mitch Marner stays around, like, for the length of his career, Marner will pass him just forward, like, whatever. But, like, if you think about that, this is a defenseman who also kicked ass and took names. Like, but he also is the franchise leader of a hundred-year franchise in In a major statistical category. Yeah, and it almost, the one thing that, like, like you said, there was not a, a dry eye in the house. The one thing that really hit was like, this almost felt like goodbye. Yeah, yeah. And that is what hurts. Like, there's a couple of major Leaf legends where, like, when they pass away, like, I will be genuinely upset. Johnny Bauer was one. Yeah, Johnny I Bauer got me. Very upset. Uh, Boria Salming will be one. Wendell Clark. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Matt uh, Sundin. Matt Sundin will, will shatter me as a human being die phil, phil kessel like um, i'm not even kidding like like that is, it will be years in the future because he'll uh, live us all but the day that phil kessel passes i might just go with him and uh dave keon like, oh yeah oh my god there are, and and you just think like you look and and there's so much made about like having personality now like don't get me i think trevor zegers is fantastic for the league um but, like, you look at these guys, and the first words out of your mouth for pretty much every single one of these guys is class. They're class acts. Just absolute class acts. And, like, you could say the same thing for the Montreal Canadiens legends. Like, you don't just get afforded a state funeral just because. No. Like, people don't just afford you a state funeral. But, like, the fact that that's happened, like, I just think that... um not enough of young Leafs Nation knows about Boreas Salmon. They do now. And they definitely do now. But it also, like last night, I'm sitting there, first period, the Leafs didn't play poorly. They just didn't score. Like there were multiple points in the first period where like the Canucks didn't get out of their end for like a minute or two minutes. And they were down 2 nothing. And I sat there and I was like, are they really going to lose both games in front of these people like are what and then they didn't no way yeah because the Canucks got out to a multi-goal lead and we all know that that is the kiss of death um speaking of Canucks and you know legendary Swedes one thing that that you know you had the the distinct privilege of doing is being around the Sedins in a professional capacity um for a bit you know they, they just got inducted to the NHL or to the not the NHL to the Hockey Hall of Fame along with uh you know Daniel Alfredson Roberto Luongo Herb Carnegie um uh, Shout out Herb Carnegie, by the way. That that's way overdue. Absolutely, um, and like, then, way overdue. And then an incredible Finnish player, uh, Finnish female player that I unfortunately Rika Sullivan. Rika Sullivan. There you go. Sorry, there's a yeah, lot of vowels in a lot of vowels in that name that that led me to I didn't want to mess she it up. She was great. She was incredible. Like I was writing profiles on all these guys, and, and you know, like her, she was before my time. And but even just looking past back through her accolades, through her statistics, and even through footage, like oh my god, she's incredible. Um, but you were around the Sedins for a bit, and that's a pretty yeah. unique, unique thing. Like they're not just incredible on the ice, incredible off the ice. Uh, yeah. Like okay, so I I tweeted this story briefly, but I'll tell it maybe a little bit more detail here. Like uh, the night I was hired, uh, the night it was like announced. Um, I get was getting calls from like Stan Smeal, who by the way is like just a God. I love that man. He is tremendous. Another class um, act, if you will. Oh yeah. Um, whether it was like Stan Smeal, uh, Ryan Johnson, but 
I was sitting down to dinner and I left my phone like kind of on the counter and I came back and uh, I just see like a Vancouver area code number and I, I missed it and uh, I called back but there was like no voicemail so I was like oh okay so I texted my boss at the time and I was like do you know whose number this is and he replied Henrik sunglasses emoji <laughs> and I was like Jesus Christ so then Daniel called He's like, this is Daniel. And I was like, oh my God, like what? Um, and he's like, I'm sure like Henrik is going to reach out too. We're so excited. Um, and that was, it was fantastic. And then I, De- uh, Henrik finally called back and I must have apologized like 70 times. I was like, I- I'm so sorry. I was eating dinner. Like, oh my goodness. I can't believe it. And he was just so gracious and um, classy. And, and he was like, I hear you're a huge soccer fan he's just he's unbelievable and then meeting them in person whether it was like trade deadline uh scouting meetings like there's that video that the canucks have out about our draft of the draft meetings and they have like the conversation between daniel and i and uh but they're just honestly mike like they're really innovative in how they think about the game um they really understand the vancouver market and i think to a degree the vancouver market is misunderstood by a lot of people uh those are really passionate fans um yeah no kidding <laughs> we can tell um pk subban's on tv rachel that's pretty sweet yo signs a multi-year deal is- with espn on uh, to be an on-air commentator i think everyone just assumed this was going to happen last year if you remember we did the christmas wish list and one of mike's wishes was to have pk subban on a u.s panel what 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 it worked it took 11 months but we're here we need to redevelop, sort of redevelop what our, um, what we're lo- like, the purpose of panels, like what we're looking for with panels. And it's supposed to be like mid, you know, like sort of intermission entertainment. It's also supposed to like spark discussion. Um, it's supposed to be a collaborative sort of thing. Um, you know, like not everyone agrees with everything that Shaq and Charles and all that say, but you know, like we, we go through it, we give our own opinion, and everything. What I think panels and do you hon- remember when Shaq was like the, the with the gasoline thing oh yeah like, like <laughs> where is that we, that's what we need we need the gasoline nonsense I remember on. when Shaq tripped over a cord and took the entire studio with him on live on air <laughs> like you know like yes. it's just even funny unintentional stuff like that but what I what I would love in this is like not everyone's going to agree with with Shaq and Charles and and you know you know Kenny and even Ernie like but it, it, you know, it sparks conversation and they do it in a respectful way. And, it, you know, it's everything and it brings you back. You want to see what they're talking about next week and everything. Oh, man. PK Subban is going to be so. He's going to so be good. he's going to be really good, you know, and, and and there's a reason why, you know, ESPN uh, brought him in. There's a like he's 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 going to do great. Um, All right. Oh, yeah. He's going to be great. There's like a couple. There's a couple other players that I, I think would be. Um, Name names. Like, I guess, I don't know. Good. um whatever like i think eventually trevor's eagers will be fantastic on a panel uh like if you really if you really get to know him uh, and everything i've heard i think cole caulfield as well oh he's he's hilarious Um, yeah yeah like what i'm saying basically like i think there's a bunch of kind of the newer generation of player uh that is going to help sort of grow um grow the personality of the sport. And that's that's really positive because right now, like, it's not like the plane in the Olympics and we're not having a World Cup of Hockey. So you need to make kind of these, like, social media moments, right? Yes. Like you said, you tweeted out that Shaq and Ernie thing. We need to have that. So it's like, have somebody that can banter with PK, right? 
find another like former player who like is relevant because of, like honestly, Shaq, unbelievable basketball player. Charles Barkley, so like what he says player. is exactly like, all the guys that have the personalities on the NBA side were actually also good. PK Subban won a Norris. He was a fantastic defenseman. So like, I don't think you can just have these fighters on. And they're just laughing it up and whatever. Like, it needs to be somebody of consequence. Yeah. It needs to be. Like, it's some, it's yeah. got to be something more fun. And, like, you know how, like, the NBA does, like, the dunk contest? And for All-Star Weekend, they'll bring guys in that aren't even in the All-Star game because it's, like, good for the game. Yeah. I think the NHL got it right with Trevor Zegers at the last All-Star game. Thank God. I, I think we need more of that. What if you just made the breakaway challenge and you told Trevor Zegers – um, Nick Suzuki, Patrick Kane, Jack Hughes, um, Mitch Marner, like take some of the more entertaining, fun shootout specialists in the NHL and bring them for all-star weekend, even if they don't play in the all-star game. Like, I think that's a really good way to create fun moments. Cause then you've got like Trevor Zegers doing that, like dodgeball thing, which is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in hockey. Right. I just, I think maybe ESPN is, is going to be the, the catalyst to do that. So I'm really happy that PK Subban's getting his chance here. Oh, so glad. So glad. Um, all right, let's go to a fun little segment we have called what did Rachel miss? Uh, where Rachel was both working hockey and then, you know, like obviously wanted to detox from hockey for a little bit. What did Rachel miss? Um, and I would say, first off, it's that you're another former employers, the, the New Jersey devils. They're being amazing. They've won nine in a row. Um, the fans, the greatest moment ever, which is the fans who booed Lindy Ruff uh, during the home <laughs> opener, then all decided to go, sorry, Lindy, uh, during the yeah, game. Devils fans, well done. That was tremendous. <laughs> I, that is one of the coolest moments ever. And Lindy Ruff loved it. He's like, ah, you know, I, 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 I forgive. Maybe one day we can all, all of us, all 17,000 of us can sit down and have a beer <laughs> yeah. together. Um, they're the best defensive team in the NHL. Namely because they acquired a, a man called John Marino um, o- over the offseason. But, you know, like you you have Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, Dougie Hamilton, you know, uh, all of these guys uh, uh, just just absolutely firing on all cylinders. What What is going on in New Jersey? Um, honestly, like, the Devils are so fun to watch They are, right man. Now. And like, you would never think to associate that with them. No, okay, so think, like, when we were children, the Devils were the single, them in Minnesota, unbelievably boring. But you look at it, and I think um, what they're doing is they're allowing their young guys to really strap the team on and say, we're going. Like, you have known this for years, like, for five years. Who, apart from Damon Severson, will leave that... Who are my two favorite New Jersey Devils? Nico Heischer and Jesper Brad. And how long have I been screaming about the fact that these guys have been underrated? As literally as long as I've known you. Oh yes, like I am. You will not shut for up. No about other it. reason. Yeah, for no other reason. Like I'm just so happy that Jesper Brad is doing what he's doing. He's such a fun hockey player to watch. Nico Heischer is getting. Like, even Devil's Twitter was, like, all over him. And, like, now he's scoring, but he's also one of the best defensive forwards in the league. He's, like, just such a high-impact forward. Um, And I really think that him taking a step and Brat taking a step has been 
per, like a huge reason uh, as to why the Devils are successful. Because let's face it, like and Devils fans know this, like the the goaltending is not Vasilevsky level goaltending. No, but it's but better. Vitek Vanacek's done everything they need him to. Really. Yeah, when you're the best defensive team in the league, and kudos to uh, Lindy Ruff and his staff. Um, when you're the best offensive team in the league, like your goaltending doesn't have to be fantastic because you're really good in front of them. And I think that act, like you said, that acquisition of John Marino, like you got a, a high impact defenseman. I don't think anybody thought Marino was going to be this good in terms of rebounding, but he's been excellent. He has been absolutely excellent. And like to a man, like everyone in New Jersey is playing well right now. And the fans are finally they, like they got a good team to cheer for, and so like the Reds beer garden's got to be fired up. Like y- you just know, and and honestly, like New Jersey, like Newark as a city gets dumped on. And to be fair, like as it should, so, you live there. <laughs> um, like I got mugged there, um, but like that building, like I was there the year we made the playoffs. When the team is good, like that building is awesome. And so, I mean, it's really nice to see that a, a bunch of the young guys have really turned the corner here. And there's something to be said for just, like, believing in those players and consistently sticking them in uh, situations where they have to learn and they got to grow. Like, I remember when Jesper Bratt was a healthy scratch. And now he's probably, like, Tom Fitzgerald can't be happy with how much money he's going to have to pay him. But I'm sure Tom Fitzgerald's thrilled that he has Jesper Bratt on his team. Yeah, that's the thing, is that <laughs> um, I don't know if it was the best idea to bridge, uh, or, or or to not even just bridge, because, like, can you even call a one-year contract a bridge? To, like, sort of settle with Jesper Bratt um, before arbitration. Yeah. Like, and also, like, just sort of contemplate the entire summer uh, uh, to trade him. You know, I was the only guy basically working on the you know, uh, working throughout the entire summer where I had to write, you know, like, you know, top five, you know, RFA is still on the market or top five trade chips and all that, you know, just to get the content flowing in like the middle of like, like it was. And also you sending me your articles being like, you should sign some of these people so I can write. And I was just like, man, I don't have the authority to do that. Like Rachel, he's a good player, but like there was a point where I wrote, where I wrote like an, I think it was like 850 words on the top three landing spots for Evan Rodriguez, you know, like it was like things were were tight at at a certain point. Um, But like Jesper brought like they were they were dangling him on the trade market for, like from the moment the NHL from the moment the season ended uh, and especially looked like he was going to get dealt to the draft and he didn't and then they they signed him to what is a very good deal now and they're going to have to pay him a lot of money like they're going to have to pay him like he you know, might get more than Jack which is crazy yeah, he might get upwards of eight like he's look this is a tw- he's yeah. twenty three years old he's he was he's being he's coming off two point per game seasons like. You know he's a he's a versatile winger. He's got great defensive numbers, great offensive numbers. He's he, like this is a guy who you really want, you know. And and for them to to and, to, and there's also something know. to be said. Like, can we just say this for a second? Like, uh, we're not stupid. We know that they have two number one overall picks in their lineup. Like, we're not dumb. Yeah. Right. right? But that there's something to be said for, you know what? Like, obviously. That was the Kale McCarr draft. I'm sure they'd love to have Kale McCarr. I'm sure literally everybody would like to have Kale McCarr. But there is something to be said for being a team that says, you know what, we're not good enough right now, and we need to actually be actively bad 
to not harm our draft stock. And the owners deserve credit for that because like Josh and David, they did this with the Philadelphia 76ers. That was like the fir- our first inkling in New Jersey that that was probably going to be the way that the, the franchise went. And when you have an owner that's willing to say, okay, like it might be two or three years of like pain, but now look, like I know for a fact it's more expensive to get regular tickets. It's more expensive to get season tickets. It's more expensive to get suites. Like when you're bad and you end up getting players like Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer, um, that sets your franchise up like for a long time. And, and so there's something to be said for, for teams that are capable of doing that and, and really believing uh, in that system. And, and it's paying off. And honestly, like, don't get me wrong. I've had my run-ins with some Devils fans. But for the most part, like, those are good. Like, I'm happy for Greg Wyshynski. I'm happy for the Brat Pack. Like, this is – it's good. Like, it's just good. And there's something to be said about, like, understanding that being a middling team is not really a sustainably successful thing. And they're doing this, like, with Andre Pallad on IR, you know, with Jonathan Bernier on IR. Like – and what's cool about this, too, is, like, we can see the New Jersey Devils, like, buy at the deadline. Like, they have all of their firsts and seconds for the next three years, you know? And cap space. And they have, at the moment, they have, well, they have $1.8 million in cap space, um, but they have a lot of people on IR. Like, you can sort of move that around. Like, they have the ability to, yeah. they have they have the ability <laughs> to, to, to do this. Like, they their their yeah. salary pool is, is $4.1 million, uh, for LTIR in terms of relief. Like, they're, they're, they, they have wiggle room here. It's exciting, man. Like this is a this is a really fun, exciting team. I'm glad that we're finally seeing like Dougie Hamilton not riddled with injuries and able to, you know, to be that player. I'm I'm excited that you know John Marino is just like I always have been a fan of him. You know, he, he very yeah. rarely do you get like a just a like a borderline elite defensive top four right shot defenseman on the trade market, and they were able to do that and really not give up like a crazy amount. Like you know Ty Smith and uh, who, who I remember. Like, like that was when that trade was made. I remember being like, that's it. Like, don't get me wrong. I really like Ty Smith. I think he's good. But like, you're telling me that other team, like, okay, like in the city we both live in, you're telling me the Leafs didn't have the assets for that? They absolutely did. And like, it's are you like, are you, what? There are a lot of you're, trades. You're telling me that other team, you didn't, you want to tell me the Oilers didn't have the assets for that? Yeah, they, they're, John like, Marino should have. Kudos yeah. to Tom Fitzgerald deserves credit here. Like he has really taken, and and his scouting staff does as well. Let's not get it twisted. Jesper Bratt was a really late route pick, um, and I think that they they do deserve credit for that because they've built this team and they've made shrewd signings. Um, I think. Palat is maybe a little bit overpaid, but that is a very good player. Um, and so, like, they deserve credit, 100%. Look, Palat is a little bit overpaid, but, like, I was at the cup final. Like, I covered it. I saw the way that not just, not, like, like opponents talked about him. I saw the way that John Cooper, John Cooper would, like, marry Andre Palat if he could. Like, <laughs> this, is a, this is a beloved player, and this is a player who is extremely important like, like he was, he was the engine of the uh, of that top line for the for the the Lightning yeah. through the playoffs. Like he is, and yeah, you know, six million a bit steep, especially at these thirty one. Yeah, but like this is a versatile guy who can give you pretty much everything. Like this is really, this is a good team. They have a lot of just really like even that Jonas Siegenthaler extension. Oh, like, oh, 
fantastic. Oh my god! Like just there are these little like there's these really sly moves that they've be, that they've made like and not just like you have John Morant. He's 25. He's doing this and he's at 4.4 million for the until 2027. Like this is incredible stuff. It's it's really it's it's just really exciting to see. All right, another one. We have some hot starts, Rachel. Now that now that it's like. Now that we're what like fourteen games into the season, like these are that's a big enough sample size to say like this is a hot start. Some people are struggling, and obviously the biggest one to talk about is Eric Carlson. He's got twenty one points. He looks like he's back. Like this is look is, is he playing defense? Maybe not, but like this is an incredible, incredible off dynamic offensive defenseman um, who seems to turn back the clock. He's finally he finally seems healthy. I mean, this is just like the. The the world is the hockey world is a better place with Eric Carlson at the top of his game and is he ever? Oh my god, it's it's so much fun. Like I love it. And nobody you don't sign Eric Carlson to ask him to play in the defensive zone. Like you don't. Um, can he play defense? Yes, he can. But it's nice to see the piece that was missing for me the past couple of years was the dynamic piece. And you ever you wondered if that was going to come back. Um, after his original injury and then just seemed like a litany of injuries after that. So for me, um, I, I totally agree with you. I think the game is a much better game when Eric Carlson is performing the way he is. And I got to say, like, I'm just so happy because even like we see the goals and the points and whatever, but like he dangled two dudes within like three seconds the other night. And like, it didn't turn into anything, but it's hilarious. Like he's, just, he's so back and I love it. I'm, I'm in. Eric Carlson. Swedish defenseman. Oh, yeah. Eric Carlson is so good. Like, if, like, he's doing such good stuff. If anyone is trying to give the, the defense argument, if you th- if you show, like, an RAPM chart or something at me, I'm going to smack you right in the mouth. All right. Like, Martin Nikash is doing great. Rasmus Dahlin, speaking of, of, of you know, Swedish Whoa. defensemen, like, he is finally becoming the, you know, like, the, the borderline generational guy that, that we were talking about. Yeah, I mean, like, he set the record to open the season with most goals, like, or most consecutive games with a goal by a defenseman. Um, but it's not just that. Like, obviously, um, I I looked deeper into the, into the numbers, and um, he is winning all his matchups. Like, you, if you look at Buffalo players when they're playing with Darlene, like when Darlene's on the ice versus when he's not, there is a legitimate difference. Um, like a chasm difference. And so he is that guy now. Now they got Owen Power too. Owen Power looks fantastic. Matias Samuelson, um, I think he's hurt right now, but he was great for them last year. And so, I mean, I think Ta- Don Granado deserves a ton of credit because he seems to have been able to motivate uh, to get Tage Thompson to play well, to get Rasmus Dahlin to take a step, to get Owen Power to take a step. Uh, John Jason Paterka looks insanely good. Dylan Cousins looks really good. Like they just Buffalo is back, and you and I both agree. Like Buffalo's got one of the best fan bases, like in the league. Oh yeah, with uh, it's what they're place. willing to go through. Like it, it, Buffalo is a better place when it's or the like like I said with Eric Carlson, like the hockey world's a better place when the Buffalo Sabers are doing well. They're always the biggest local market in terms of ratings. Like, the, the fans are, are just so passionate. We see what it's like with the Bills. Like, it's like that with the Sabres when they're good. Um, and having, dude, having Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power as, like, in, as staples in your top four for the next, like, decade plus, goodness gracious, that's going to be great. Um, and then Brandon Montour, like, this is one of the biggest surprises, is that he was able to fill in admirably, basically as a 
basically basically as as Florida's number one defenseman while Aaron Ekblad was out. Yeah, they lost Ekblad and Weger. Like yeah, Weger to a trade, to obviously, trade. but Ekblad was out injured. He's back now, but like in Brandon Montour were putting up fifteen points in the time that Ekblad. I believe it was thirteen games or so when Ekblad's out. Like holy mo, like he's been Florida's not had a great start to the season, and you would if you lose your two best defensemen. Um, but like Brandon Montour. Like you said, he's feeling admirably, like, good for him. And I know people, like, kind of jumped all over him when he was in Buffalo, but I think he kind of showed that there is something there. Like, when they when you've got people to play with, and that's because when you've got people to play with, like, you get better too. I'm starting to wonder if that if that Tuchuk, Huberto, Uyghur trade was the best thing for him. from an asset management perspective. I am not 100% sure. But we digress. There were some cold starts. Number one is Roman, Roman Yossi, who, you know, was basically outscoring most top six forwards last year. Now he's off to a bit of a, a, a tough start. I mean, Nashville, just in in of itself, is off to a tough start. That is, that's not a good situation there. Yeah, UC Soros uh, looks off. There's a couple goaltenders that have looked uh, not fantastic to start. Um, but yeah, UC Soros looks off. Roman Yossi looks off. Um they're, they don't seem to be getting to the middle a lot, um, which was which is honestly it's a hallmark of John Hines hockey is uh, scoring off the rush and, and getting into the middle of the ice. They have the horses like Philip Forsberg, Matthew Shane, Ryan Johansson, all capable of of doing that. I'm really happy to see that Cody Glass got an opportunity. That uh, video that they had with him, um, that was really really cool. Um, yeah, like I think. It kind of goes to show you how important Roman Yossi and UC Soros are in Nashville. Like UC Soros was a Vesna candidate last year and Roman Yossi uh, was at a hundred points. If those guys take even one step back, like Nashville's in trouble. And I think it's, I think it's twofold. Like I think that the team, they're older. They're not as quick as some other teams and, and, and the speed, the game is kind of going that way. Um, and they, they're, they're too reliant on their top guys. Yeah. Right. So it's like, if, if you're, if you're Colorado, which is the best example to use, if Nathan McKinnon's not scoring, which is rare, it's like, Oh, look, there's a Valeri Nachushkin. Yeah. There, there is Ryan Alex Newhook. There is like, if the top guys, like if Kale McCarr is not scoring, Oh, look, there's Sam Gerard. There's Bowen Byram. There, you know, there's all these different Yeah. yeah. Just and and so the way that I think Nashville's built is that they have to be reliant, and so if those guys aren't performing, kind of in tough. Mm-hmm. And then there's Thomas Shabbat in Ottawa. Look, Ottawa in itself, like all these guys are on teams that, um, you know, they that are just not doing well in general. Like like their their hot starts are kind of coinciding with that of their teams. And a big one is Thomas Shabbat with with uh, uh, with Ottawa. Look, he he's. Like, is it fair to put him in this situation? He has to be, like, the only sort of, like, reasonable top four defenseman on that entire core. They waved Nikita Zaitsev, my God. Oh, my God. And shockingly, he went unclaimed. Whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I think Thomas Shabbat um, doesn't really have a ton, which is why it makes sense that Ottawa's in on Jacob Chikrin. Um, The one guy who's been really good for Ottawa this year, Shane Pinto, Holy moly, that guy might be the front runner for the Calder right now. Um Alex DeBrinket's been pretty good too. Uh but 
yeah, like Thomas Shabbat has not been very good defensively. Ottawa in general has not been very good defensively. Um, I I haven't watched them enough to say if it's the players that are underperforming or the system. Um, because that's a thing that I now cannot turn my brain off of. Um, so cool, fun, amazing. But yeah, like I think we all expected Ottawa to be better. Um, I, I still think Pierre Dorian deserves credit because the moves he made were very good. Oh yeah. Imagine what they'd be like without Um, those moves. (laughs) Jesus. Um, but I do think that, um, they need some serious help on the back end because it's not fair to put Jake Sanderson, uh, and some of the young defensemen and Jacob Bernard Docker and Lassie Thompson in positions where like they're getting thrown in the fire. I mean, the Leafs did that consistently like in the early 2000s and uh it didn't go well yeah you know ruined stern stewart percy uh it ruined ruined luke shen you know like countless guys it's it it almost ruined uh like jade gardner and morgan riley like it's so i'm glad that they're exactly and like thankfully like the leafs kind of saw sight and we're like okay rasmus andine and timothy lilligren you're playing in the ahl travis dermott you too um and so i think that Ottawa's doing a good job of keeping those guys down there. Obviously, Sanderson's in the NHL, but I think they need to acquire someone to kind of insulate those those guys. And then we obviously have Jordan Kyrou and Robert Thomas. We can loop this into our St. Louis conversation because it is a disaster in St. Louis right now. Like, lose, they've lost their eighth straight, I believe, all in regulation. You know, uh, Ryan O'Reilly is having one of the most shockingly bad starts ever. I believe he still yeah. only has one goal. Um, and, and I, I'm not sure, has he gotten more than one assist? Like last time I saw, let's see, more, uh, Ryan O'Reilly is at, uh, yeah, he's got three goals and one assist for four points in 13 games. Uh, he's logging 18.04 and he's a minus 12. Like that is, that's brutal. Wait, okay. I don't do plus minus, yeah, but, but, but when it's Ryan Bailey, O'Reilly being minus yeah. 12 is notable. I don't do plus minus either, but when it's, when it's big enough that it's like a, an anomaly, then you have to start going like, okay, maybe, maybe it's a harbinger of something that's, you know, that, that like a bigger issue. Things are not going well, but you know, like Doug, uh, uh, Doug Armstrong went out and, and he gave, uh, uh, you know, like he, he gave a vote of confidence to Craig Berube. They just signed him to a contract extension, I believe in May. Um, like it's, what is going on here? Because Jordan Bennington, can we just blame it all on him? Like, he's bad, and he's been bad for the last um, two, three years. Can somebody please fight Jordan Bennington? Like, just for all of us. Like, he clearly wants it. Just somebody do it. Like, I don't understand. Like, he shoved Ilya Sorokin that, that like, a couple weeks ago. And I was like, what are you mad about? Like, like this is your fault. He doesn't want, like, here's the thing. It's that it, he doesn't want to fight. Like he wants, he wants people to think he wants to fight, but he doesn't. If he, if he wanted to fight, he would have by now. He doesn't want to fight. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, like he's, uh, somebody call Mike Smith, please. Because like he would get clapped in a fight against Mike Smith, but like he barks up some weird trees. Like he goes at players they're super tough. I'm pretty sure he went at Matthew Kachuk at one point. Like, yeah, Matthew Kachuk's an immensely skilled hockey player. He could probably kick your butt, though. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make a ton of sense um, with what he's trying to do here. Like, and, and it's clearly taking away from his performance. He's being terrible this season. And he's a big reason why his team is in just the absolute 
in, in, in a nightmare situation. Uh, like, I, I, I don't... So, so excited for St. Louis to pull a St. Louis and all of a sudden be good in the second half of the season. Like, he's, like, it's already 10 games. He's had 10 starts. Uh, you know, he's got an 8-9-5, and he's allowed, neg- <laughs> he's allowed negative 3.1 goals saved above average. Like, like, this is bad, man. He's been really bad. <laughs> That's so bad. So, like, maybe focus on <laughs> not trying to, like, pretend that you're a tough guy and... Like just just focus on stopping stop the, the puck. puck. That's your job. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, we'll loop in some uh, one of our, our last couple of things here is that Jonathan Huberto off to a, a slow start as well. I mean, other than Mackenzie, I, think part, Reader, I think part of that is there's so much turnover in Calgary this summer, like legitimate turnover. Uh that it 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 takes first of all a couple things. It takes a while to gel as a team. Mm-hmm. Like it really does. I've seen that uh, firsthand. Uh, and secondly, uh, Daryl Sutter's system is hard. It takes a bit to adjust to that. It is hard. Yeah. Yes. And so I think there's a little bit of that um, kind of happening there. But yeah, Calgary's not been very good. Uh, and I think a lot of it's to do with the turnover. Um, they'll, they'll figure it you, out. You tend to see that a lot. Yeah. I'm pretty confident that Calgary will get that sorted out. Now, a team that has not been very good and we are not confident we'll sort it out at least this season is the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, they were supposed to be maybe not a playoff contender, but someone in the fight. I mean, you signed Johnny Goudreau. You pair him with... We kind of... I think we expected, like, New Jersey to be Columbus and Columbus to be New Jersey. Yeah, like, you're expecting Columbus to be, like, a team that is at least, like, playing meaningful hockey in April. Like, trying to fight for that. In, like, late March, April, trying to fight for that last playoff spot. And, and, you know, like, like I said, you sign one of the best free agents to ever come on the market in, in um, Johnny Goudreau. You give Patrick Lyonet a massive extension. Uh, uh, you know, like you're, you're, you're adding these players that are supposed to really come in and, and, and give you a boost. And yet here you are, it, 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 things are not going well in Columbus. I mean, Lyonet, you know, he's, he's finally back in the lineup now, but then Zach Wierenski is going to be out for the rest of the oh, season now. Torn labrum, terrible. just terrible. Like that's like Zach Wierenski, people, people have really sort of, Slept on him the last little bit. He got a lot of fanfare in his rookie season, but like this is a very good, not just offensive, but two-way defenseman. Losing him, that's massive. Well, and Columbus, let's say that, like, I don't think, I didn't totally understand the Goudreau thing because Columbus, and I could say this now, uh, they had one of the best drafts this oh, year. Oh, they're incredible. Like, like, oh my God. First, David Yurichek is unbelievable. Denton Matejchuk is going to be a top four defenseman i have no doubt about that one uh they took one of my short sons jordan dume yeah um i love him he's i'm pretty sure he's still leading the qmjhl in scoring so like it, it would seem as though you don't need to be enormous to score i don't know it's a good sign or seeing that um they've drafted very well under yarmo kekalayan um and so they're kind of coming uh david Yurchek in the couple games that he's played has looked good uh, noted Alan Walsh no client. Alan Walsh client right there. Um, but I think it's it's weird. It kind of seems like Columbus has like two timelines. They have like the Jake Voracek, Patrick Line, Johnny Goudreau timeline. Yeah. And then they have the uh, like Cole, Cole Sillinger, Kent Johnson, Yurichek, uh, and like maybe Connor Bedard timeline. Maybe. By the way, a line of Connor Bedard, Johnny Goudreau, and Patrick Line. Oh. That'd be nuts. Anywhere but uh, Arizona. That's what I said. Well, I want I, I really want Bedard to be two things in a small market. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want him to be a Montreal Canadian or like uh, 
a Boston Bruin or like, I don't want him to be in a big market. I don't want him to be a Red Wing. Yeah. And I also want him to not be on the West Coast and not on the East Coast. Like, I kind of want him in the middle so you get like eight or eight thirty starts okay. so that a lot of people can see him. Because it's eight, like, if he, let's say Columbus plays at eight, well, that's five o'clock on the Western Seaboard. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right? So, like, I just think it'd be healthier for the game if guys like Bedard and Fantilli were one in markets that could really um, pop, because I think Columbus is a fantastic city. I think it could really pop as a market. Um, And two, where the most eyeballs can uh, view them kind of in a convenient manner. It is hard. Like, I I was in Vancouver. Like, it is hard to watch Eastern games because it's four o'clock. Yeah. You're still working. Yeah. It's it's right. So I just think it'd be a little bit better if he was kind of in, like, St. Louis or uh, look, not Chicago. Yeah, I was thinking um, like Midwest teams in Chicago, and I'm like, no, I don't want him there. Um, no, but Columbus would be super cool, I think. No, uh, as Let's long as that. as long as it's not Arizona, I'm good with that. Um, then finally, yeah. we have a goalie goal in the AHL. Yes, we're Wallstat. Yo, incredible. We always Noted have to Judd Brackett pick. Yes, for Wallstat. Who, by the way, Minnesota also, not that this should be a surprise to anybody, another ridiculous draft. Of course. You know, you have Judd Brackett. There you go. So, look, just I I love this stuff. Celebration was great. I love when goalies attempt to do it, you know, in in a situation that makes sense. Um, And I want to see that happen in the NHL sometime. That would be fantastic. Yeah, don't go skating down the ice or anything like that. But Somehow it will get called back. You just know. You know who I I think could score a goalie goal at some point? Who? Thatcher Demko. Oh yeah, yeah. He seems I think like Thatcher Demko it. could score a goalie goal at some point. That is gonna be. Uh, it's not like a prediction or anything, but like let's say if by the time Thatcher Demko's career is done, and he's either come close to scoring a goalie goal or has scored one, I will be not surprised at all. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, that's what I want. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to give a quick. Uh, uh, just sort of like rest in peace to like just an actor that really made meant a lot to me, Kevin Conroy. Um, he's the voice of he's been the voice of Batman for literally yeah, my entire life. Um, he he is the definitive uh, voice of the character. He started in the Batman animated series, which is also like one of the seminal works of you know like animation and not just yeah. in, in any world like that shaped my you know like, that came out or that that was popular when um uh like when I was like two or three years old and like that's what made me the Batman obsessed person I am today and he went on to do it in just like countless uh, other TV series uh, movies he's the voice in the Arkham games which are some of the best video games ever made uh, he is the he's the seminal voice of the character like when you hear when you're reading a comic book and you and you hear and, and you know you're reading Batman's like dialogue it's his voice you know he's an incredible actor he's an incredible singer too like he's just and he was like the nicest guy in the world i unfortunately never got to meet him but anyone who's ever met him has given has said nothing but just like just he's the best most warmest accommodating person in, in the entire world so and he passed away suddenly at the age i believe of 66 uh of cancer um and which is terrible uh happened out of nowhere on friday so i just wanted to just wanted to give that i think it's important because like he he was he meant a lot to me he meant a lot to a lot of people uh, and it sucks. He's great, and he will always be remembered. He's a legend. Um, and yeah. Anyway, Rachel, it is it is just so great to have you back on the podcast. I mean, this is just it. It, it feels like we didn't even skip a beat. Like it, it. This is this is just awesome. So, 
I can't wait uh, to keep doing these with you. Um, it won't be like you won't Jesse's be on. Jesse's still gonna be on. Yeah, like, you yeah, won't be on like every week. On. Like sometimes it'll be me and you. Sometimes it'll be all three of us. Sometimes it'll be me and Jesse. Um, I think I'm just gonna be the common denominator here. <laughs> but it's just great yeah, to have you back. Love it. Sh- shocking to uh, what people believe. Uh, I have a job. Yeah. And, uh, I've just chosen not to say anything yet. Yeah, and the thing is, look, this is this is part of my job, so I have to be here. So <laughs> I can't. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You actually, have to show up. Um, but I, I love it. So yeah, thank th- thanks for coming back, Rachel. Just absolutely love it. This is this is great. Um, obviously, find the podcast on thehockeynews.com, iTunes, Spotify, everything, and uh, we'll be back next week. Yes, you will be back next week, and I don't know when I'll be back. We'll see. But um, but yeah, thanks everyone. Uh, happy to kind of be back. I think I feel a little bit more at home uh, here with uh, the baby that I built. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, happy to be back. Happy to be able to chat hockey with uh, my best friends again. Um, because a lot of my really close friends are media people that I had to kind of shut out for a while. And that, honestly, it sucked. Like suck just not being able to like hang out with your friends for fear of like getting in trouble and so uh, it's really nice just to be able to like go out and uh see my friends and uh yeah so i'm, I'm happy to be back and uh i'll be back uh, when i can be terrific all right well we'll see you next week goodbye